America. My name is Amiose Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. Today we're going to talk about the politics of Ike and Tina Turner. Now, the Ike and Tina Turner story could be a story of how the politics of Jim Crow South made black love strained to untenable as an institution in the same way that the politics of Jim Crow South made black economic growth strained to untenable. When I say strained to untenable, you're like, well, there was some black businesses. Yeah, and there were also black neighborhoods that got bombed of, and, and, and pogroms all over the place. And you can also talk about how, <coughs> excuse me, the politics of Jim Crow South made um, black politics untenable, right? With the constant lynchings and the organizing for, for organizing. And with the lynchings were the castration. So there was always kind of a gendered aspect of kind of the attack against black people. And if you don't know, it's like in the way we look at genocide, and you look at genocide studies, it's clear the men are supposed to like realize the the awful characteristics of whatever race when you talk about um the the worst parts of black people it's always like most supposed to be expressed by black men when you talk about the worst parts of white people it's always like white masculinity um when you talk about the best and worst parts of any race you always look for look at the men for the characteristics of that race. And so when you're attacking a race, you attack the men. I think this is unhealthy, and I think it misses um, you know, the participation of women in all of like some of these race wars. But you can't be surprised that more, for example, black men are stigmatized relative to black women, who are maybe invisibilized but not stigmatized. And that's two different two different things. It's one thing to not see you, it's another thing to um, see you and then, uh, you know, make you put a target on your back as a candidate for lynching, right? So we need to talk about how the degradation of Mike and Tina Turner, of Ike and Tina Turner, one, turned into some sort of story about how Ike is bad, so bad, and singularly bad because he's like this evil black male that Tina Turner was... Um, saved <clears throat> saved herself by leaving um and you know i'm not enough uh i'm not a huge fan of of people like you know getting like staying in abusive relationships or like honestly being in abusive relationships in general I, i'm against abusive relationships however I think the relationship between Ike and Tina Turner is just awful in all of the ways, not just because Ike was a bad person. I think Tina has a lot of explaining to do, and not just Tina, and not just Tina, because you remember, she was a kid when Ike and Tina got together. She was also a pregnant kid, pregnant with another one of Ike's band members when Ike brought her in. So it's just kind of like an unhealthy situation all over the place, because Tina just gotten kicked out of her own place, and now Ike takes her in. Um, and she's pregnant with one of, and Ike adopts one of like, like, like Tina's kid. So this guy, Ike Turner, for a devil, he's like not the worst. He's not abject, like absolutely bad. It's just all awful because these are just dysfunctional people um, in general. Like Tina Turner herself had been, um, you know, her mom, Tina Turner's mom had bounced uh, because Tina Turner's dad was apparently abusive, but if you're abusive, 
wouldn't you take the kids with you? So Tina, Tina Turner's mom just left. Um, and like didn't like abscond in the middle of the night, just like saying, I'm leaving and left because everyone knew where she was. They just like she just didn't want the kids around. And Tina Turner admits that her mom did not want her around. <laughs> um, and so Tina Turner's dad then splits up the girls and sends Tina Turner to his his parents. And the dad, um, the, you know, the, the dad was a cotton picker, sharecropper, and then eventually like an overseer of a sharecropper, but that was still not real money. So he went to go work. Um, he, he moved to, to get another job, splitting up all of Tina Turner's and her siblings. And um, so it's just like a horrible, horrible family life that Tina Turner uh, like lived in and experienced. And so she ends up going living with at some point in time both grandparents both sets her maternal grandparents and her paternal grandparents and then gets shipped off uh finally back to her mom um like reluctantly i think like they were poor health <laughs> her grandparents had poor health so reluctantly her mom takes her back in and then she gets pregnant with the drummer and gets kicked out of there and ike takes her in and and adopts the kids. And that's how you get Ike and Tina Turner. Now, Ike himself is a piece of work. He himself has been in a horrible situation. We're going to talk about Ike's horrible family situation and, um, you know, what that means after I hit the beat. To the beat, y'all. Change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state the facts. You leave it up to me, I'll paint the White House black and it can feature you. So, a lot of people think about Ike Turner, they just think monster. That's what I was taught. I was taught that Ike Turner is just this abstract, abject monster, and it's, it's okay that he's a monster because, of course, he's a monster. He's a black male, and black male are always monsters until. Um, Proven non-monsters. And so, but let me tell you a little bit about Ike Turner. This is a, a different biography of Ike, of Ike Turner. And uh, written by a third party. And it, uh, it seemed that Ike Sr., that's Ike, Ike's father, had been more than ministering to his wife, to the local wife of a local white resident. Ike still recalls the day an angry gang of white men led by the woman's husband, came to the Turner house and dragged Ike Sr. out of his house in front of his wife and children. So mind you, Ike is, um, you know, small child. He sees his dad, a local minister, get dragged out um, for messing around with a, you know, white woman and angering that, that woman's husband. Now mind you, the woman doesn't, you know, it doesn't figure into the story very well. I think she's, I'm, I'm very interested um, to see that, like, maybe he was seduced. <laughs> like, no point in time is there, it's suggested that Ike Turner's dad raped this white woman. So, uh, so this white woman sicks her husband uh, and her husband's friends on, on Ike Turner Sr. Ike Turner Sr. gets ripped out of his house, his children, and in front of his wife and children. Hours later, Ike Turner Sr. 
was dumped back onto his property, beaten and full of holes, when a local white hospital would not admit him, Jim Crow South again, to their facility. He was treated in a special tent and was put in, uh, that was put in the Turner front yard. Although his father lived another three years, he never left the bed on which he was treated. So, that is Ike Turner's life so far. Oh, it gets better. Are you ready? So, Ike Turner started his musical career at an early age. He started his sex life even earlier. According to him, I started having sex when I was six years old. Yes, I did. The woman was 45 or 50 at the time. Her name was Miss Boozy. She used to put me on top of her and show me how to move. Well, today they call it child molesting. To me, I was just having fun. So, yes, Ike Turner was raped um, by a, a woman who was in her 40s and 50s and started. The, the, this says this was just when he started. It was never like, this was just like the course of his life. Ike Turner was, was, this was Ike Turner, right? So this is just a degraded situation all the way around. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that, like, Miss Boozy is some sort of, uh, the, the woman who raped Ike is some sort of, act, like, it's, it's not a matter of toxic femininity or whatever. I'm saying that this was the degraded conditions under which Ike Turner lived. And these degraded conditions are, are predictable. Because black people have never really had control in the United States of their sexual life. It was always been overdetermined by the needs of white society. It was always overdetermined by the needs of white society. White people needed you to have sex, you had sex. They needed you to not have sex, you didn't have sex. Whatever Ike Senior's relationship with this white woman, do you think he was in a position to say yes or no? This is Ike Senior. Ike Turner's dad, right? Right? Do you think he was in a position to really say yes or no? It's always been overdetermined. If, if white society needed black men to be seen as rapists, well, we created a rapist. We don't talk about Ike Turner himself just being a horribly, horribly broken man that came from himself. Rape and violence. Your dad, you saw your dad being um, ripped out of your house and like, like for the sake of some sort of white sex panic involving your dad ripped out of the house, beaten, and left to die. And then you yourself were raped at six years old and were taught it wasn't rape, it was just you having sex. So Ike himself has reason to believe very distorted notions of what sexual relationships entail. Right? Not, not healthy, not good, but also not him being some sort of devil. You, like James Baldwin talked about this with respect to the color purple. We, we cast these black guys as, as devils without any sort of context, which is like just like pees on black masculinity as obviously like proto-rapist. Right? By the way, you're not going to find too many people talking like this. So if you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, fifty dollars uh, Because depending on who you talk to, uh, to make me talking like this makes me down white unemployable. But we need, I think we need to talk about what it means that Ike Turner 
is depicted as this monster without context. He's just a human who's been horribly, horribly degraded. And what it means that black sexual, like black institutional relations, including sexual ones, have been overdetermined by the anxieties and the needs of the racial order. Right? The racial order needed Ike Sr., Ike Turner's dad, to be policed and beaten um, publicly and left to die. The racial order needed to deny Ike Sr. hospital. And so pretty much the racial order needed to deny Ike Jr., Ike Turner, the one we know, a father. Right? Ike Turner doesn't grow up with a daddy because the racial order doesn't need Ike Turner to grow up with a daddy. Ike Turner is raped because the racial order doesn't see a black guy having sex at the time at six years old as an instance of rape and sexual assault and like he was damaged. Like Ike Turner himself admits that he was married like 14, 13, 14 times because he would marry a girl then they'd call it quits, not go through the divorce paper because according to him, you know, black people at the time just kind of got married and left. It wasn't that big of a deal um, because I don't romanticize the degradation that the institutional degradation that went all the way down to the family that was, um, you know, represented in Jim Crow. So Tina Turner screwed up childhood. Parents didn't know and didn't know how to love her. Ike Turner screwed up childhood with parents who were either dead or like horrible, horrible models for, for what to do. So, I mean, his own dad, yeah. yeah. Ike Turner's mom ended up, uh, I think, remarrying. But it's just, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible situation. And then it turns out that they had a screwed up relationship. Now, anybody who knows Ike and Tina Turner knows that she was just as wild as he was in terms of the drugs and in terms of the fast lifestyle. She came to him pregnant with a, um, a, the baby of a bandmate. And he was like, I just adopted. This is already people living fast and loose with like regular morality. And like the drugs didn't stop. And so there you go. Was it rough? Yeah. Was it most likely bi-directional, although we don't know because the only side that we ever really took seriously was Tina's, who, like her mom, said that she, you know, was only the victim and then was very good about choosing herself. Remember, Tina's mom bounced when it got too hard and left the children. Tina herself adopted four, two, of, two of Ike's other kids, just like Ike adopted, and Ike adopted her kid. And then they had one kid together. All four of those boys, the four sons, the Turner ended up with drug problems. Three are dead. You outlive three out of your four sons, that's a problem. Ike, Ike the third, um, one of Ike's sons, is the only one who did, I guess, fine. And when I say fine, one, one, one son committed suicide. When I say fine, I mean like he plays in a cover band, but Ike pretty much took him out of school and took him on the road with him. So the one son that did all right spent the most time with Ike. Right, so if, it, if it's, it's about the family, then you, you work something out. But this was a screwed up family. This was a screwed up family in a pretty predictable way. Here's Tina's mother. Uh, I mean, uh, so, you know, there's an article about Tina's four sons. 
And we can look at some clips from them, from the article. Tina was not a great mother. But why would she be a great mother? She didn't know how to be a great mother. Being a great parent is a skill. Um, and so here's an example. So the singer told TV Week in 1989 that her youngest son, this was her bio son with Ike, Ronnie, had plenty, was given plenty of opportunities as a young man. He was put through private schools and given allowances and clothes and everything you can give a kid, she said. But Ronnie was determined to be self-destructive. And you have to draw a line. Uh, and you have to draw a line. And she talks about, you know, why she cut him off and all that stuff. And she, she talks about why she cuts off all of her other kids. And um, so you pretty much gave your son to white institutions, private schools and all that. You just forsake your son. You're having a great time. You gave your son to white institutions. A surprise, and he ended up on drugs. Look. Like people, are, people get mad at me because they're like, how can you judge Tina Turner just because all of her, four of her sons are screw-ups? Well, I judge, I, judge people, I judge people by, I feel comfortable, especially judging parents by the kid. There's no way Tina Turner's a great mother. I mean, she said she wasn't a great mother. I mean, she told you what she thinks mothering is, and she thinks it's buying them stuff. Um, and it turns out that that wasn't sufficient to keep any of her kid uh, with drugs. And you could say, like, well, you know, she was a good mother by, like, not staying with Ike. Well, the other son, Michael, struggled in the wake of her divorce. Michael wanted my mother. This is Ike Third, the one who's still living, um, playing in a cover band. Michael struggled in the wake of their divorce. Michael wanted my mother and father to get back together. And the next thing knew, he was in the hospital, Ike Jr. said, with his close, close relationship with his younger brother. Uh, he was hurt by their being apart. All right, so the divorce screwed up Michael, uh, Tina's adopted son. So nobody, who won for this divorce? Well, Tina, I guess she saved herself. Although I don't even know, like, like look, if my kids are screw-ups, nothing else in my life really matters. I'm not, I'm not a super big deal. The most important thing I can do is like, create good, functional kids who do better than I am in everything that matters. But the feminists don't care about uh, Tina Turner's sons. Um, the feminists will tell you, well, those are grown men. They should, they, they, it's, if all of them screwed up, it's got nothing to do with her. And <laughs> got $200 million, couldn't raise four sons. Uh, it's got nothing to do with her. That's what the feminists will say. I'm saying that Tina Turner was bad at being Tina Turner because part of being Tina Turner was raising these four boys and all four of those boys ended up not great. So you screwed up a big part of your life. But it's also not necessarily Tina Turner's fault. She didn't know how to do this part of the job. She grew up a scrapper, forsaken by her own family, married another scrapper who was degraded by his own family. Well, and it was all has everything to do with a pressure cooker that is white supremacy. So two broke kids from the shambles got together, making it up, and it turns out they made a lot of money, made some great music, and screwed up, like, the family. They had no idea how to do family, because it turns out this is a skill, and it's a generational skill, that the Jim Crow South made it impossible to sustain through, like, not impossible, but improbable to sustain through black generation. The thing about Ike and Tina Turner's growing up is that it's kind of not anomalous. We want to pretend that they were 
particularly bad situations growing up in you know the 1920s and 30s, uh, early 40s America, but it's not. The, Turner, the, the story of Tina Turner's parents and the Turner, uh, story of Ike Turner's parents is not particularly surprising. Neither is the way in which Tina Turner like, was a bad parent. And Ike Turner was a bad parent. Would they have been better together? Arguably. But liberalism doesn't fix it when you just say, Tina, well, forsake your family and go heal yourself. Go to Switzerland. Find love there. Great, she amassed money. She threw Ike under the bus. By the way, the rape scene and what's love got to do with it? We admit, the, Tina Turner herself admits that that was something Hollywood added. Hollywood added an entire rape scene and you let it go because, well, that's, it's, it's, it's good for the checks. Like, this is why when Kanye says black people don't own the black voice, don't control the black voice, I, I, am, I am willing to believe him because if someone, if like a famous Jewish guy was like depicted raping and he didn't do it, the ADL would have something to do it. And like Meryl Streep was the person, because Angela Bassett is the black Meryl Streep, was Meryl Streep as the person who is depicted as like makes her career as being the victim of that, we would say that the ADL would have something to say about that. But instead, People are like, well, Ike Turner might not have done it, and we added it, but he would have, and that's enough, because he's the type of guy who would have. Um, and, you know, there's every reason to believe that they did drugs together, and every reason to believe that they abused each other and hit each other, and Ike hit harder because he was bigger, but, like, no reason to believe that Tina didn't hit oh, <laughs> uh, in the closed doors. And it, this is just, like, dysfunction of people who grew up in a dysfunctional world that made black families dysfunctional. Uh, and that was like in that pressure cooker and that's not fixed by liberalism. Liberalism doesn't care about like a strong family, a good family. Liberalism will just say, well, Tina had to choose herself, forsake the sons. And if she had to make up um, a rape, and if she had to like go along with, with Hollywood depicting her as being a rape victim of Ike, well then, that was just her, that's her right to do it. That's what liberalism will tell you. And I'm telling you that that's kind of BS. That's unfortunate, and we could have had a really good story that actually traced the lineage of Ike Turner and Tina Turner that actually like pit the villains of their degradation appropriately in Jim Crow America. But instead, we had a feminist story um, that said it doesn't matter that Tina Turner's kids are screwed up. It doesn't matter that Ike Turner isn't je like was himself a victim of rape, and like and that his dad was beaten and killed in front of him for a sex panic, and that they're both like hugely broken people, coming from hugely broken people coming from hugely broken people, and how this could be a really good story about how America at the time, especially, overdetermined, uh, you know, the sex lives and violence in black life. Um, and we don't talk about, the, you know, the mob violence that killed Ike Turner's dad in front of him as, like, white violence and the degradation of white society and the white family that allows a white woman to have her husband 
gather his friends um, and, and, and terrorize a black family. We don't, we don't, that could have been a great story of Ike and Tina's life, but that's not like a triumphant story. That's just a story of black degradation, but it is more honest to the situation that happened. Right? So by the way, if you appreciate someone talking like this about what could have been the Ike and Tina story, uh, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com. Go ahead and look up everything I've said in here. You know, there's Google, there are articles. I put the, uh, you know, you could just put a snippet of the excerpt from Mike's biography in, in Google and it'll corrobor corroborate everything I said. And um, I'm going to come with you, come to you on Monday with another show. Thank you for your time, and I will see you.